Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Strick and Austin back with you here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Normally, we would talk to Brian Munson of Husker Online for a recruiting update. This time, Brian's got some family stuff going on. We wish uh, him and his family the best. So instead of that, what we're going to do is replay a conversation I had yesterday as part of the Husker Extra Hour. Um, I talked to Sam McEwen and Tom Chattel every week at 4 and 4.30, respectively. Good stuff from Sam yesterday. Uh, Sam joined us on our Allo VIP line, brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Without further ado, my conversation with Sam McEwen from the Husker Extra Hour yesterday. Big thanks to Allo Fiber for sponsoring our VIP line at Allo Fiber. They understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We go there right now, and we do welcome in Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald. Sam, by the week, Nebraska looks more and more Big Ten West, fewer than 250 yards of total offense, but the Huskers find a way to squeak out with a 17-9 win. Uncharacteristic mistakes from Northwestern in key moments. Northwestern looked a lot more like Nebraska we've seen recently than Nebraska did. Matt Rule might actually have changed something. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, you know, uh, Northwestern did have a couple of penalties that don't typically befall Northwestern, but Nebraska's defense answered the dinner bell over and over. I mean, they uh, uh, Nebraska's defense has a really good defensive line, which we wouldn't have predicted uh, before the season or you know, nine months ago. But but it has improved, Austin. It, it, it's gotten it's gotten better, and certainly Terrence Knight deserves some credit. Other people do too. But you know that that group is that group's been pretty extraordinary this season, and uh, you know I you got to tip your cap to to what Nebraska's doing there and, and what they've done overall on the defense. They I mean they really play hard, they hustle, they run, uh, they're aggressive, but but they really play hard, and it's the kind of defense that I think people around here have been waiting for 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 some time. I agree. I want to let's start with the the playing hard. We'll get back to the defensive line. Three touchdown saving plays by different guys. You have Isaac Gifford um, getting touched by two different offensive linemen, but still knifing through to make the tackle. You have Omar Brown saving a touchdown on a run that really looked reminiscent of Greg Bell against Colorado, where the running back breaks into the open field but gets caught from behind. And then Malcolm Hartzog gets burned but catches Bryce Kurtz before he can make it to the end zone. Not perfect execution from Nebraska on any of those three plays, but players stepped up in big moments and kept three touchdowns off the board, three game-changing plays. For sure, for sure, yeah. I, you know, the Gifford play was was extraordinary, um, and you know, I, I I think I think it was one of those kind of plays that typifies you know who Gifford is mm. and, and, and the kind of player he is. Uh, he he peeled out of the blitz just at the right time to go to go make that tackle. So he had the sixth sense that something wasn't quite right. And then he fought through a couple of guys to get there, and it was again, it was it was the best defensive play of the season that I've that I've seen so far. So, uh, 
and Matt Rule pointed it out. Anytime Matt Rule points out a play, I mean, that's just notable. On the other two, you're just talking hustle. Obviously, the, the Northwestern running back is a big guy and probably wasn't going to make it to the end zone. But, but uh, Omar Brown got, got to him. And then, yeah, uh, Hartsog was able to run Kurtz down. And Northwestern just, they struggle in the red zone, obviously. When you, when you compress that, when you compress that area down there, Nebraska just gets really tough. They have a, they have a good defensive scheme for the red zone. Um, I can't remember what their red zone touchdown percentage is right now, but it's not real high. And they, they do a nice job of, uh, of making it hard on teams. So, uh, Nebraska's doing a lot of things right right now. It's, you know, defensively, they, they are. Now they're not playing great teams. Right. Um, there aren't a lot of great offenses in the Big Ten, and Michigan might be one. Probably, uh, they're going to face a couple down the stretch. I mean, I, I think Purdue's got ability, and they're probably spent the week thinking about how they can fix some of their mistakes. Some of their mistakes are just related to ball security, and then Maryland, Maryland's got some stuff going on too. So Nebraska will get challenged a little bit, I think, down the stretch here, but uh, certainly for the most part. Nebraska's defense has held its own all the way and, and has played very well in a lot of games. There's a lot of similarities between this defense and 2021, just in terms of storylines and getting put in some bad situations and having to bow up time and time again. Eventually, that 2021 defense would break and Nebraska would lose a one-score game. But each of the last two games for Nebraska even go back and point to a couple plays early at Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. This defense has stood up. I think you credit the players, but I think the messaging from Tony White and Matt Rule for not giving those guys an excuse. I mean, here I think it was uh, Prince Will and Monreal and say, it's just an excuse to get back on the field. We're looking forward to it. You know, we don't like our offense turning it over, but it's an opportunity, a chance for us to play more football. Is it just that mindset that's made that big a difference in just two years? Some of it, I think, is the mindset. I think that's a little bit of it. I would say that some of it is. They're, they're eating a little more time off the clock on offense. They're not necessarily leaving the defense in better positions, but the defense is facing fewer plays. Uh, the, the clock changes have, have affected it. And then Nebraska's special teams uh, is, is not god-awful. Uh, and it was in, in, in 2021. People uh, may forget some of that. You know, uh, Nebraska's defense, I think the special teams gave up Seven points against Michigan State, seven points against Iowa. I think there might have been a, uh, two against Illinois, two against Oklahoma. Uh, there might have been another one. In Was there, there a too, kick return where... against Wisconsin? Yep, seven against seven against Wisconsin, and there might have been another one in there. I, I don't really remember, but but Nebraska special teams was was uh, maybe the worst that we've ever seen it. Uh, and I, I mean the Michigan State game, and then the Illinois game. That that was the, I mean, the most uh, you know deficient collection of, of special teams moments I've I've seen in Nebraska football history. And so, to be clear, there's other things that have gotten better because they've gotten a little bit more competent. Now there's still five games left that could change, but I think for the most part, Nebraska is getting better in some areas. And you know they're they're not killing themselves in some areas. They're not hurting themselves as much. Uh, I think that's positive, um, but again, there's there's still a ways to go. This this thing is not over yet, and and Nebraska has won four games, right? Mm-hmm. And they could they could lose their last five. I mean, they, it's possible. So you can't you can't really let off the gas pedal here. And I would dare say that if they did against Purdue what they did to, against Northwestern in the first quarter, 
I don't think they win the game. I think Purdue puts 10 on the board. Maybe not 14, but they'll put 10. They got better football players than Northwestern, especially on offense. Mm-hmm. So Nebraska's not going to be able to do that against Purdue. Purdue's a better offensive team than Illinois and better than, than Northwestern. So that'll that's something Nebraska will have to take into account. Nebraska's best four-quarter performance for my money this year was Northern Illinois. They played three better quarters against Northwestern after that first quarter. Um, but the fourth quarter against Illinois, they had plenty of chances to let it slip. So if you play another one of those two, I think Purdue's in the game. Circling back to that defensive line, though, Sam, we talked a lot in the offseason about the 3-3-5. But we have to remember, too, that Tony White and Matt Rule said, we want to get our best guys on the field. Tony White and his defensive staff, Terrence Knighton on the D-line, said five defensive linemen might just work against a mediocre Northwestern offensive line, and it did. Eight sacks, they dominate that last drive of the game. They finished the game with a sack. What did you make of the five-man defensive front? Well, it's effective when you're, you know, when you're in a situation where you're able to rush the passer on third and long consistently, which, which Nebraska was able to do. So they, they Northwestern, you don't usually run tempo going into third and long, third and eight, third and nine. So there were circumstances where, you know, Northwestern was in third and three and they had a false start. I think that happened two different times. And at that point, you rotate your defensive lineman onto the field and you go after the quarterback. And so there were some circumstances that I think helped get all five of those guys on the field. I know Northwestern wanted to run tempo, but it wasn't always easy. I thought it worked. And, and, I, and again, I think it probably would work against a number of teams. It's a question of whether you can get manageable uh, or long yardage situations that uh, that make it that make it less risky. You know, on, on third on third and three, there's a lot of different things a team can do, and and that 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 defensive line may not get back there. But but when you know when they're able to pin their ears back and just go, uh, I thought it was effective. So there's yeah, I mean they're doing a nice job with with mixing and matching personnel, and and they have a pretty good idea. And again. The moment in time the Big Ten West is bad. Offense in college football isn't real good right now. There's a few teams that are really good, but in general it's not. Um, I think what you're seeing is that a lot of the elite offensive players uh, and offensive tackles and quarterbacks and other things, they're they're leaving school Mm -hmm. and going to the NFL, and you have these other kids that are, you know, now in their fourth or their fifth or in some cases their sixth year because of COVID and you're just seeing the defenses get way better and and so you know we're going to have a couple more years of this because if you were a freshman in 2020 uh, you that that year didn't count and so that wasn't even your redshirt year if, even if you didn't play so 2021 your redshirt that was your redshirt year so you've got third-year redshirt freshmen in 2022, fourth-year redshirt sophomore in 2023. Maybe they're not good enough to play in the NFL, but they're good enough to stick around college for six years. I think you're going to see college football remain defense-heavy until this whole thing, the whole COVID process washes out. And it's not going to wash out until 2026. Woo. Because anybody that comes into a program at 20, in 2020 – they didn't have that year didn't count, and then 2021 could be a redshirt year, and you can legitimately have six-year seniors playing in 2025 uh, who are 24 years old. And a lot of times on offense, those guys are gone. They're gone mm-hmm. by then. They, they just 
aren't around. There's a couple quarterbacks, you know, Tanner Mordecai, a few others. But a lot of times those defensive players, if you can keep them around for six years, you'll keep them around for six years. In this case, I think that you're going to see more and more of that. Whereas, you know, Caleb Williams is gone. Drake May. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's going to be gone. Uh, Jaden Daniels is going to be gone. Uh, Phoenix is in his sixth year, so he'll be gone anyway. But but a lot of the great quarterbacks are going because they're going to the NFL. So uh, Nebraska is going to benefit from this for a while, and I think they're going to be good on defense for a while if they can keep all these guys in the fold. It's a similar trend in college basketball as well, where if you can get a bucket, you're going to the NBA. But that's why I think Nebraska basketball stands to benefit with, with an older team. That's a different conversation for a different time. Agreed. No, I agree with you, for sure. Um, the man in the middle of the defensive line, back on Husker football, Nash Huttmacher, maybe his best statistical game with those two and a half sacks. He's really come into his own this year. What do you make of his scheme fit in this 3-3-5? Is this, is this the version of Nash Huttmacher we were promised a couple of years ago? Yeah, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Corey Campbell. Um, Matt Rule, you know, credited Kristen Coggin, too, the, the nutritionist, um, which, yes, for sure. I think Corey Campbell has made Nash Hutmaker a more agile player, though, and I don't know if food can do that, but <laughs> maybe that helps in the process. But Campbell's really done a good work with Hutmaker because, you know, Nash has always been really hard to move. Mm-hmm. That, he, he's a hard person to block. He, he didn't always make plays, though. And what's happened is he's become agile. And I think he's maybe moved away a little bit from the um, pure brute strength, can't move the guy wrestler to this. You know, like, this is a football player. This isn't a wrestler who happens to play football. This is a very active, uh, quick twitch football player who is really hard to block. And, you know, centers are struggling with him because he's not small. He's 325, but he's also not – you can't get your pads into him very easily, you know, because he's a little compressed. He's, you know, he's 6'2". Um, you know, like, I, for example, Ruquan Buckley is, is a taller guy, and you can get, you can get into him a little bit because he's taller. Uh, Jordan Riley was the same way. These were good football players. Jordan Riley's in the NFL – but Huntmaker's hard to get a hold of because he's he's not real tall. He's about six two and a half, but he's agile and he's strong. So it's it's a challenge for 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 linemen to you know he can play over some guys, he can play under some guys. There's some things that he's doing really well that are just challenging now that he can move. And you know, three hundred six foot two, six foot three, three hundred pound linemen who can move. Are, are really valuable, uh, even in the NFL. And I think Nash is going to get some looks now. I, You know, now it's possible he comes back. I could see that happening. I, I think one more year like this would would put him in really nice territory. But, but, uh, but he's going to get some looks after the season based on what he's done so far because that's a guy that you can – that's a guy who can play the run or the pass. It reminds me of Malik Collins. Malik mm. was like that too. And about the same height. About the same height, also a wrestler. So, 
Um, I think I think Nash is comparing favorably at this point to Malik. I, I like that comparison in terms of the the play on the field, but in terms of the decision ahead of him, maybe more Vincent Valentine esque. I think Valentine could have been served by another year back in school. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, Vince, Vince uh, I think was going to go because he he wasn't going to play for. Uh, and of course, that guy left anyway. But he wasn't playing for that coach again, and <laughs> the guy at the time. And, and and Vince was, you know, I think he had different interests, and so. Um, he wanted to get going. Um, Malik had a family to to support. Mm-hmm. If he had come back, he probably would have been a first round pick. But he wanted to go, and and Malik had the work ethic. You know, yeah. I, I, I think Malik was was just in general a better football player than Vincent Valentine. But but he also had the want to, which is why he's still in the league, and he's on, I believe, a third contract. So uh, Nash, I think, will be that kind of player. You know, and and Ty Robinson is going to play in the NFL for sure. I mean, Ty, Ty's good. He. He's not getting as much pub this year because he has a slightly different role, but but he played really well on Saturday. And bad, dare say, he played better than Nash. Um, and he's going to keep coming so long as he stays healthy. I think you're going to see a lot from this line over the last five games of the year, but you're also going to see them play some teams where their quarterbacks can get the ball out. Right. And so they're going to have to get a little tighter on their coverage. And if Nebraska's, they don't have many weaknesses on defense, but. But they play man-free coverage, so you can beat them deep. That's one thing that happens. The other thing that they will do is you, if you can if you can get a little bit of time, those linebackers don't always get quite the right drop, and they're not huge. So they're not 6'5", you know, Erlocker in a zone. You, you can get it over those guys. But most of these teams are playing just don't have the ability to hit their tight end. I mean, Nebraska has not really been hurt by a tight end. Uh, outside of Michigan. I mean, they, they've, they've been pretty good against guarding that middle pass. A tight end could have hurt Nebraska down towards the end of the game, but Sullivan held on to the ball against the Blitz, and then Hartzog blew up the same play on back-to-back plays uh, to prevent a touchdown. We're talking with Sam McEwen here of the Omaha World Herald on the Husker Extra Hour. Sam, let's briefly touch on the Husker offense. Let's start at the quarterback position with Heinrich Harburg. Not his best game. I wasn't very impressed, but he learned a lot, I think, while still being able to win the game. And that, I think, is big, and that he wasn't at his best for any number of reasons with the injuries and an older Northwestern defense. But that's a gamer at quarterback, a guy that found a way to improve off a rough start and didn't let it bury his team. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I, the things that Heinrich does well speak to his competitiveness and his resourcefulness. So he's pretty good on third down. Um, I think he was over the line on the first third down conversion. It was very close. Um, they didn't review it. I thought Northwestern should have challenged that. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Uh, but but he's resourceful. He's pretty good at that. Like that, he was good at that in high school. He could move around the pocket. He could he could uh, manipulate, run around, and he was good at that in high school. He, he practiced that in high school. He's still good at that. I think the areas where he can get better, and I'm sure he knows this, is. When you know you've got a play that's, that's teed up like that uh, that little uh, reverse bootleg out comeback route, or it wasn't a comeback route, it was a wheel route. It might have been easier for him if it had been a comeback route, mm-hmm. but it's a wheel route. You you got to hit that pass. That that was that was a big miss. That was his biggest mistake of the game. Maybe even more than the interception, the first interception. Um, when when your when your coach gives you a play uh, that uses your athleticism. You know, you got to do 
is get that ball, you know, five yards off the ground and it's a general area and you're not able to do it, you know, that that's a miss. And, and so they, they got to work on that. That was a miss. Uh, I think he can, he can certainly get better at, you know, when he hits the top of his drop, getting it out. Now they got a couple to Fedoni, um, just a couple of quick ones, which I thought was good. They need it. They need to do that more. That you, know, you need to be able to throw the ball for a four or five yard gain because you're just not going to hit, you know, five right yard runs every single time on first down. So they hit that play. I thought that was good. Um, you know, he'll, he'll continue to grow, but he's a, he is good in improvisation and he's certainly tough. And uh, the option stuff, you know, I encourage you to have, uh, you, you guys got option quarterbacks and option running backs. I think they can tell you what he could do differently um, to make those plays work. I will say that on that 20-yard run, if he if he runs right at the Northwestern defender and presses the hole just a little bit, uh, that's a touchdown because he could pitch it and, mm-hmm. and Emma Johnson has a clear lane outside the numbers to, to the end zone. Um, the way that fans can tell what's going on on those plays is to watch where the receivers are positioned. Where, what the receiver expects to happen is probably what should have happened. And if people look at that play, they'll see that Nebraska blocked it beautifully downfield for a pitch. And uh, Harvard's just going to have to continue to learn how that, how that play is designed. And, and, uh, and sometimes you pitch it early. On that one, I think what you do is you kind of press it until the guy gets right at you, then you pitch it, and, and it would have been a pretty easy score, to be honest with you. So those are all things that he'll continue to work on. Not to cross sports references again, but it's like a two-on-one in basketball. Make the guy guard you. If he's not going to guard you, keep it. If he does step up to you, then that's when you pitch it. But I'm glad you brought up Emmett Johnson. I thought he was really impressive in the postgame press conference. I'm not going to lie. A couple weeks ago, I was worried when Josh Fleeks was elevated above him on the depth chart that that was kind of a message about what this coaching staff thought of him. But he gets the start. 12 carries, 73 yards, showed some toughness, showed some quickness. I think that's a step forward for Emmett Johnson. What do you think? I thought I thought he ran hard, for sure. I think uh, he's tough, not afraid. You know, most of these backs, including Emmett, the majority of their careers have been spent, you know, in high school, and you know, being tough at that level and running in between the tackles. And I think I think if Emmett plays five games and does that, I think he's going to feel the toll of it. And so you you've got to find ways to make sure that you're getting him the ball in space and that, you know, he's he's not getting rocked. And he didn't get rocked, I didn't think. Harvard got rocked. A couple times, um, yeah. I thought, yeah, Emmett got hit hard a couple of times, but upper body and, and you know, ribs and, and protecting that stuff. Um, I it, To me, it looks like Emmett, much like Ramirez, is pretty pretty well built uh, in, the, in the legs and knees area, and, and he's probably not going to worry as much about a, a knee or a hip injury like Gabe Irvin's had. Because Gabe's really heavy on the bottom and, and also heavy on top. Um, but you got to make sure that you're, you're, you're protecting a back like that and, and uh, helping him to absorb the blows and, and know how not to take a, a big hit. So we'll see. It's, it's, it's maybe the hardest position to play in terms of just a complete lack of fear. Mm. you got to be a great athlete to play running back, an elite athlete, and then you just can't. You cannot be afraid for a half second, and you have to be probably the toughest guy on the field because 
the abuse you're going to take at that position is significant. And we'll see. You know, this was the first good game. Can you put together five of them, and can he stay healthy? You know, because Ramir Johnson could do all the things that Emmett was doing, but he gets, he got hurt, and, mm-hmm. and Emmett's got to, got to stay upright. At 5'11", 190, we'll see if he does. It's Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald with us on our Allo VIP line. Sam, as always, appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk next week. Take care, brother. Once again, Sam joins us on our Allo VIP line, brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We'll step aside, take a break. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.